0: Good afternoon. I'm Eleanor D'Angelo, and I'm the student coordinator of the Roxborough House Roundtables at Jefferson East Falls. We're so happy to be back in person for the 2022-2023 academic year. Each episode is recorded and later posted on our YouTube channel for those who are unable to attend the live event. They're also aired on the first and third Sundays of each month from 8 to 9 a.m. on Germantown Community Radio, 92.5 FM, WGGT, and at gtownradio.com. Today's roundtable is hosted by Next Gen America, the East Jefferson East Falls Chapter, and Bridge America TJU, Jefferson East Falls. And each club will share more information about their missions in a few minutes. But um, with critical elections coming up this November, whether it's midterm, state, local, voting is important no matter where you are. And we have a lot to talk about today, so we're gonna put all of the information out there for you guys to hear, and then we're gonna hold all of the questions until the end. And with that, we're gonna go around and introduce ourselves. And first, I'm gonna start with the NextGen board.
1: Hi, my name is Georgia. I am the NextGen Jefferson East Falls president. Um, NextGen is a voter registration and education club, which is a chapter of, we're a chapter of NextGen America. Um, and with that, I'll hand it over to our Vice
2: President, Zach. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm the Vice President of the Jefferson NextGen Chapter. I'm also an RA in the Freshman Dorms, a peer mentor for the FYS program, among other things on campus. So,
3: yeah. Hi, I'm Savannah. I'm the Treasurer for Next Gen.
0: And I'm Eleanor. I am the Secretary of NextGen and also the Student Coordinator of the roundtables. Um, and now we're going to go over to Bridge.
4: Hi, my name's Blue. I'm a vice president of uh, Bridge USA, the TJU chapter. Just to sum up who we are, we're a completely nonpartisan club focused on starting conversations and uh, learning about how to talk to each other again and bridging the divide um, and ending polarization.
5: Hi, I'm Karen. I'm also a part of Bridge TJU, and I'm the event director. And I'm also a part of uh, many other clubs on campus, like Lasso.
3: Hi, I'm Mejita, I'm the Outreach Director of BRIDGE TJU. I'm involved in other things on campus as well, and I'm, I also work in voter registration.
6: Hi, I'm Josh Arriendo. I'm the Vice President of Finance, and I'm a part of BRIDGE as well.
0: I'm Angela, um, I'm the Vice President of Marketing for BRIDGE. I'm Caitlin, I'm the Director of Communications for BRIDGE.
7: My name is Steven, I'm a Senior Board Member with BRIDGE. My name is Kostir, I'm the president of Bridge.
0: And with that, I'm gonna throw it over to Georgia to start off with all of our next-gen voter information.
1: So to begin, we're gonna go over some voting rights. So specifically rights on election day at the polls. If you're registered to vote by your state's deadline, you are able to vote. Now each state has different requirements as to what forms of identification you will need, especially if you are voting for the first time. VoterIDlaws.com has an interactive map that highlights what you will need to bring to the polls on Election Day on a state-by-state basis. This will be in our Instagram bio on our link trade. General voting rights on Election Day, these will also be on our link trade. Your rights. If the polls close while you are still in line, stay in line. You have the right to vote. If you make a mistake on your ballot, ask for a new one. If the machines are down at your polling place, ask for a paper ballot. If you run into any problems or have questions on election day, call the election protection hotline. They have hotlines in English, Spanish, Arabic, and um, Bengali, Cantonese, Hindu, Urdu, Korean, Mandarin, and other languages.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to talk about um, either when you're registering to vote or requesting an absentee ballot. So to do that, um, if you want to use your Jefferson address, it's really important you notice the difference between whether you're getting mail delivered to you on campus or requesting a ballot. So when you're um, just regularly ordering like an Amazon package or your parents are sending you a letter, you're using a different format. So uh, originally you used Thomas Jefferson University, your box number, and then 4201 Henry Ave. But when you're registering to vote, request an absentee ballot, you leave out the whole Thomas Jefferson University part, you put 4201 Henry Ave, number and then your box number so there's just a bit of a confusion between the two so you just flip-flop it if you want to register to vote or request an absentee ballot
0: and i'm going to go through the different polling places um for whether you're registered at jefferson university manny 19127 or roxborough 19128 So if you're registered at Jefferson, um, your polling place for Ward 21, Division 23 is going to be Mifflin School, 3624 Conrad Street, Philadelphia PA, 19129. And you can just plug all of these into your GPS. They're all pretty close. Um, For Maniunk, 19127 residents. Your polling place for Ward 21, Division 6, is Northlight Community Center, 175 Green Lane, Philadelphia, PA, 19127. And if you're in Roxborough, in the 19128 zip code, you are in Ward 21, Division 21. And your polling place is at Roxborough High School, 6400 Ridge Avenue, Philadelphia, PA, 19128.
3: So um, the election day for the United States is November 8th. And I'm gonna go through just the registration deadlines for different states. For Pennsylvania, it's gonna be October 24th. For New Jersey, it's gonna be October 18th. For New York, it's gonna be October 14th. Uh, Delaware, it's going to be the 15th of October. And Maryland is gonna be October 18th. All these
1: states and the state resources will be on our link tree. And to wrap up our portion of the round table, we will be talking about our voter registration drives um, so our upcoming voter registration drives um, are the, a couple of dates in October. As the Pennsylvania voter registration drive Savannah just mentioned, is the deadline is October twenty-fourth. So members of NextGen Jefferson will be going into David Prisco's psychology class on October fifth and into his FYS class on October seventh to aid students who may have questions about registering to vote, checking their status, or helping them register to vote if they're first-time voters. On October 11th, we will be holding a voter registration drive with the Black Student Union, or BSU, during the break period. Our table will be at the top of the common thread stairs in Canbar. And with that, I turn it over to Bridge.
7: So we're going to be talking about the, what rights could possibly be at risk if one candidate wins over another. So I'll start with who the candidates are specifically for Pennsylvania. We're running on the Democratic ticket is Josh Shapiro and a Republican candidate is Doug Mastriano. Shapiro believes that abortion should always be legal. Education, again, increasing funding for schools and teachers on drugs. He supports legalization. On civil rights, he wants to ban LGBTQ plus laws. He wants to increase opportunities for black-owned businesses and expand housing to the homeless, foster children who have aged out of the system, and domestic violence abuse victims. Doug Mastriano, on the other side, opposes abortion under all circumstances. On drugs, he wants to he wants harsh mandatory sentencing of twenty five years for drug dealers who sell fentanyl and cause fentanyl related deaths. Education, he says, PA should reduce per student school funding by ten thousand dollars annually. He wants to push limiting formal conversations about gender identity and sexual orientation to middle school and high school. And then I'm going to turn it over to Karen and Lou. So
4: Casier covered. Um exactly what, specifically in PA, um, these candidates are looking for kind of went over all of that. Um, Karen and I took it upon ourselves to um, focus more on the topic of why young people aren't voting. I mean, we're all college-aged and um, repeatedly year after year, college-aged kids are not voting. They're, they're, they're the lowest um, percentage of people Coming out to the polls, so we went out and we whiteboarded and we asked college kids around TJU about why they think that young people aren't voting or why they themselves, as young people, are not voting. Um, would you like to Yeah. yeah?
5: Um, so as we were doing um, these whiteboardings, it became very clear that um, many of these college age students um, had the belief that they felt like their vote didn't matter, that they felt that um, it basically did not. Um, uh, what was it? Sorry. Um, it didn't feel like they were being represented enough, or that they feel that voting or an election did not affect them and their beliefs. One person said that they young people feel like their vote doesn't matter. Of course, with the electoral college and the difference between a popular vote and the electoral college vote. Um, someone brought up that laws now aren't being made to benefit younger generations and that they did not feel comfortable voting in people who wouldn't change or any make anything beneficial towards the younger generations um one person brought up saying that having to vote is like picking from the lesser of two evils so that they would rather just not vote um and then there was also another standpoint where people were pointing out that they basically did not have enough knowledge on the subject whether that be Local elections or like the national elections, they didn't know what candidates, what candidates were running or what the candidates stood for. Um, they also just didn't feel like they knew. They didn't know about um, like it wasn't being pushed a lot for them. Like they weren't being pushed to vote and like be informed enough to go and vote.
4: On a like on a
5: national level, just out of T J U, um,
4: younger people are a lot more likely to experience voting barriers. They have work. They have school, um, especially like for Karen, for example. She lives in Oklahoma. She's not going to be participating in the Pennsylvania um, elections. You know, it's um, they're finding that with their jobs, with their lives, with being in college and having to wait in lines, a lot of those barriers affect younger people just as they affect older, older generations who have jobs and need to fund themselves. So
2: how do we change that? Like. Well, like, what can we do? Would it be getting out more absentee ballots? Would it be um, more education telling the people like Karen that yes, although you live in Oklahoma, you could register in, in PA or you could request an absentee ballot. So like, what do we all think can be done?
4: To start off the conversation, at least from what Karen and I found, um, a lot of kids, I want to say kids, they're really young adults, a lot of young adults want to feel like their candidates care about them coming out to the polls. They want the information to be more accessible to them. So what NextGen is doing is absolutely perfect. Getting, reaching out directly to these young adults, telling them exactly what's going on and making them feel like they are encouraged to come out and share their voice because the younger generations are truly the future.
1: And another thing is that The candidates are public figures. They have email addresses and phone numbers that we can all reach out to them for. So if you are passionate about a certain issue or if you want to hear from your local representative or senator or governor, you can reach out to them. And although they may not get back to you in a day, they do get back to you. And it's important that we keep them in check. And we keep telling them and sort of being that rusty, wheel that we want change and we want people young people to be able to have a better future and a lot of us can't run for office yet so we have to rely on those candidates
4: and to kind of bounce off of that um a lot of kids feel discouraged they feel really beaten down by a lot of pressures of the world and feel like they can't have a voice to say what they want to say or really participate in real change that's going on. And when they get to that college age it's even more discouraging because they're just getting more information. You know, they're going to college, they're learning about everything that's going on. Getting young adults to be excited about voting, to really feel like they have a voice is exactly what I think Georgia was saying and I think that's incredibly important.
5: Um just to kind of back to that, I feel like one other thing that we notice is that a lot of students, yeah, they like realize that Um, they didn't know a lot about like the local candidates going on and it's not the fact I feel for me as an opinion that it's not the fact that they like didn't know about them or just they don't feel as interested or inclined to do so like there's not a bigger like interest for them to be able to like go out and like even if it is just a little Google search they don't feel that compelling interest or like it might not be interesting to some people like they said like it doesn't affect them so why would they take time out of their day when they're already doing something else in school and working to take that little five minutes to research the candidates and what they stand for and who to vote for.
1: Right, and and
5: the students
1: that have off for election day are not eligible to vote. The students and adults that are eligible to vote have to work, have to go to school. We have classes that day. We don't get to work our schedule, we have to work our schedules around voting. And for some, it's really hard. You don't want to get up at 6 a.m., to get the polls for 7, and some people have night classes at 7, 8 o'clock. It's really hard. Yet, the high school students have off that day, but they can't vote just so that high schools can be used as a polling place. While that's very important, there needs to be some sort of change so that the people who can vote and are eligible and will make their vote matter Can have accessibility to vote.
3: I just want to add another thing for um, like, especially for local elections, there is a lack of education around like younger people seeing how like local elections can affect them personally. Because in reality, like your local elections, your local um, your local councilman, your mayor, like they they tend to make the decisions that will affect you the most directly as compared to like. Well, it's still important to vote for like senator, governor, president, and stuff like that. But um, um, you tend to see like, less, um, less people coming out for elections when it comes to local elections. And like a lot, of the, a lot of your local politicians come directly from your community, and they're more accessible to reach about issues that you care about. So um, there's like, a huge um, lack of education in which that younger people don't tend to realize that.
1: There's a very big stigma on whether or not local elections matter. And, and gubernatorial and presidential elections matter, there's no doubt. But local elections matter a lot more because it starts from your local community and then moves up. Because they're the ones talking to the senators and the governors and the president. It's not just the president can't hear every one of our, our issues. It's our local aloof public officials, that's why we have these elections, that's why we have them in the first place.
0: And I think another, I think Blue might've touched on this, but there's not a lot of education, and that's about how to register, where to register, what you need to register, and that's what NextGen is very, we're, that's what we're dedicated to doing. And at our voter registration drives, there's a number of people who kind of avoid eye contact because they see politics and think, oh, I'm not going to spend my break period getting involved in that. But a lot of people just don't understand the importance, and especially as college students, you know, like we're the ones who are going to be paying back student loans in the next few years. We're the ones who are going out into the world and getting jobs. And if we don't know anything about the people, who are essentially, I don't want to say running, but like in control of our regions, if we don't know what their agendas are or their plans, we don't know who we're voting for. And they affect us so much. So the more educated we are about voting, how to vote, and you know, the voter education and registering and all that, that needs to start a lot younger Because there's so many people at these drives who come up to us and they're like, okay, what is this? How do I register? What am I doing? And they don't have their driver's license. They don't know their social security number. And we get halfway through the application with them and we're telling them all of this stuff. And they're like, oh, well, I don't have my driver's license. Like, okay. (laughs) So go home and, and finish registering. But we don't have, we don't know if people go home and register. And that's, Really tough. Um, it's it's tough to see people not knowing what how how important it is.
1: And it's not only the younger generations that don't understand or aren't educated. It's the older generations as well. Absolutely. Um, when I was younger, I used to go into the polls with my mom. My mom before I was 18, because I was allowed to, and she had no idea who these candidates were. She heard their names here and there but she didn't learn it in school there wasn't education it was coming out of the time in which women were just able to vote my grandmother was born right after women were able to vote so it's like it's hard to educate people when when there isn't a lot of conversation around it and that's why Bridge is so appreciated, because they open the conversation, not only to younger generations, but to older generations as well.
0: And I think another part, pardon sorry if I cut anyone off, but I, another part of it is I remember watching TV as a kid and seeing all of these ads for political candidates. I had no idea what they were talking about, like, oh, gun laws, abortion. I don't know what that is as an eight-year-old. Like. I, and I don't care, I'm just trying to watch PBS or whatever I'm watching. But now with streaming and social media, social media is great for candidates and being able to get your word out there, but you don't really see those commercials anymore. For us at least, I don't think a lot of us watch like satellite or cable TV to be seeing these Dr. Oz or Fetterman ads and that, I feel like I knew a little bit more about candidates then, like subconsciously knowing about it. And that was helpful. That's why I'm so interested in it now. But I was thinking about that the other day how you just don't interact with that anymore because TV isn't something that's, you know, commercials, at least, and ads.
1: Yeah, and it's hard to sometimes differentiate or understand the. Um, sort of banter that candidates have. They'll take yeah. snippets of speeches and put it into something completely different. And if you're not educated in saying, is that really what that candidate said? Or is this pulled from a speech that's totally different from the topic at hand, you you kind of get brainwashed if you don't ask yourself what is really going on. And that affects who you vote for.
0: And I've noticed, I was I went home the other weekend and I was watching the news with my parents and there was an ad for Doug Mastriano, and I thought it was pro-Doug Mastriano. It turns out it was, uh, I guess, a, you know, Shapiro trying to get ad. Shapiro, yeah. And I think it's hard to tell sometimes. And when it's hard to tell, you then you don't know what's true, what's being made up, what's taken out of context, and that's really tough.
2: Well, yeah. I have a question for the room. So what can us, as next gen, do to engage more people to get them to vote? Like, we're talking about the importance of voting. We have the voter drives. What else could we do to get more attention to the topic of voting? Could there
7: be an event where you guys can explain the candidates, like how like earlier, like just now, just nothing extensive or crazy. Just you know who's actually running what party and what their beliefs so I've heard a lot of people saying, I don't want to vote because I don't know who they are, so why should
2: I go? They do help.
7: We are actually in the uh, midst of planning that for the week before election day so that we can take a chance to go over all of the candidates and the ballots and what
0: And in the meantime, if you know or you're reading up about the candidates, please tell your friends to vote and make sure that they're registered to vote because we can't be around, we don't know everyone, we can't reach everyone. So, if you guys are spreading the word about voting and you're aware of the candidates, you can educate others, and then hopefully, the people that you're interacting with can educate more people.
1: And don't listen to just one news source. You need to yes. sometimes change the channel or read multiple articles to get the full story about the candidates. And if you have questions about a candidate, I mean, we're not experts on it, we are just voter registration, voter education. But if you have questions, you can always reach out to us over Instagram or email. Um, We can try our best to answer your questions, but your best bet would probably be researching the the candidates yourself.
2: And I would say form your own opinion about a candidate. Don't just vote um, across party lines just because I I vote Democrat or I, I vote blue every single time. You have to... This comes into primaries and other elections. You have to register, um, not register, research the candidate that you feel could represent you the best.
7: I will say that uh, when you do go to research candidates, it is hard to find information on the candidates because going to their websites to see where they stand on uh, specific issues, they only give you a very broad statement, very generalized on where they are. And then when you try to find other sources, they're extremely. When I was trying to find information on Mehmet Oz or Doug Mastriano or the Republican Party in general, I couldn't find, I could barely find anything that supported or uplifted the Republican Party. Most of those mainstream media outlets sort of demonized the Republican Party in a sense, and I, I did try to reform my searches really hard. I even went past the first page to find information (laughs) that supported the Republican Party. So it is hard to find information that you can actually go off and make a decision with.
0: And Zach kind of touched on this, but just because you are registered as a Republican or just because you're registered as a Democrat does not mean that you need to vote in those parties. And if you, except for the primaries. The primaries are the one time where you have to be registered, either Democrat or Republican. In order to vote in the primaries, if you're registered independent, Green Party, whatever other um, party you might be, you are not eligible to vote in the primaries. But in general elections and local elections, you do not have to vote blue or red. You can. That's why. That's why it's important to do your research and learn about Republicans. Learn about everyone. Um,
8: going back to the question about like how to reach students, I think. It's really important to use social media. Um, I think a lot of our student body sits on their phones all day, so um, it's important to use those outlets to educate people. Um, instead of them just looking at random pictures of their friends, they can see posts about um, like information on, on like the candidates and uh, just maybe information on like the parties and what the specific beliefs of the parties are, so they can form opinions and not have like a bias. Like you said, a non Partisan, like, like NextGen and Bridge are both like very informative sources, and I think if you give information about both parties to the students through social media, it can really help
0: um, students like, want to learn more and want to vote. Adding on to that, I think NextGen should utilize spaces on campus. Like the booth outside of um, TEDs and Common Thread that grabs a lot of attention and people will walk over there and be like, oh, what is this? And that's a good way to get people informed about how to register to vote and even like point them in the right direction for researching the candidates.
9: I have a question. Yes. Um, We hear what you guys are all doing, which is remarkable. And there's from what I've understood, a lot of good changes are gonna be happening as far as getting people to vote on this campus, which hasn't been there before, thanks to the two organizations, which we owe a lot to on this campus. But switching it away from you guys to us, um, what I'm concerned about is you're gonna get the people who are interested, but what uh, Karen and Blue were talking about is a bunch of people who are not interested. Um, What can faculty do? What could the university do?
5: To change this uh, development. I feel like just one thing that I also noticed as well, like you were saying, as well is like whenever students go up to the Next Gen booth to talk about better registration, they are like they kind of look away or they kind of like are like embarrassed about the fact that they're not registered. Or they don't know what's going on, and there is that stigma. They're like, oh, these younger students, like they don't know what they're talking about there they're younger, they don't know what's going on in the world, all this, blah, blah, blah. And of course it's going to make younger students feel like, oh, well, if I'm being told this like, so often and like being, being put in those situations to where they're embarrassed to even come forward and be like, hey, I don't know what's going on, like, I don't know how to do this or what to do, like, kind of maybe like, try and find a way to where you can take away that stigma of like having them being embarrassed about not, not knowing what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of like
0: that, at this point, I don't know what voting is and I'm yeah. too afraid to ask or I'm too embarrassed to ask. Yeah. And
9: well, yeah, yeah. I in our major, we have one of the teachers here, it's American government, we teach it, but it's only us LNS kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what can the university do to expand to the architects, the pre-meds, the design, the fashion, all the other majors we have? How are we failing? And I I hear, I'm I'm very concerned about that. So how can we not fail? I think the best thing to do would be to incorporate more voter registration in like the
6: FYS class, because that reaches every single student regardless of their major. It doesn't have to be like telling people to go out and vote, just having them register in class online online would be a great step for them learning their own political beliefs on their own, on their own free time. But having that registration already done correctly would be A huge step in that direction.
2: And so that's kind of what we're doing now, but it, it's hard to implement a curriculum across all the hallmarks or all the FYS classes, so we're slowly going through and approaching professors and asking if we could join their class or have the last five minutes or the first five minutes, but it's it's hard to have a conversation about voting when we, what, so I basically, I'm trying to say that we need to have the conversation, and the university needs to support us having that conversation.
1: We have received, I'll be open, we have received a lot of pushback with attempting to make a voter registration club on campus. They have been explicitly, you must be nonpartisan or you cannot have this club, and I don't know why we, none of us, are trying to push any views down anyone's throat. We are merely trying to educate people on the voting process and helping them register because it's an annoying process. It's quite confusing to see a bunch of lines and not know where to put your information. And it's frustrating that the university doesn't want to help because if if we can't get their support, we're doomed.
4: And with that, on the side of Bridge, we. Also, while we've had a lot of um, support in our club, we've had a difficulty bringing that conversation to the table because what we try to do is grab people who wouldn't usually be in these conversations. Obviously, we're a majority of law students or people who are generally interested in these topics. So we're going to be more drawn to them. We've drawn people in our major, etc. cetera, but in terms of university support, um we want to encourage the open conversation to fig to let students figure out on their own who they align with where they fall because in terms of bridge what we bring to the table is a lot of people are a lot less extremists than we really truly believe they are we look at the other side no matter where you fall um and say gosh i can't believe these people think like this. I can't believe this and this and that, all these assumptions kind of jumping down each other's throats. And we really try to bring this open conversation to the table because with that embarrassment, a lot of people, um, excuse me, when we were talking about embarrassment earlier, not really knowing what's going on, that either closes people off or makes enemies, you know? Um, With the normalization of voting and kind of the ease of it that NextGen is bringing, Bridge is bringing the topics, we are also completely nonpartisan, but we encourage people to enjoy their views. We want people to find out what they like in a candidate, and we accept that no matter what moderate, Democrat, Republican, left, right. We don't care. We want you to figure out what's going on. So with partnering with this, we want to bring those conversations to the table and figure out what you like in a candidate, basically. Samara?
8: Um, another suggestion, uh, suggestion I would have is maybe talking to the university about like having off on election day, um, maybe being able to have that um, opportunity and give students that opportunity to go out and actually have the time to vote
10: um,
0: could be great. That would be wonderful. Sorry. I I was
10: just going to add that, you know, Georgia, you kind of eloquently said the problem with having voting only possible on one day. That's a Pennsylvania rule, right? Other states do not have that rule. Five or six states do exclusively vote by mail to increase the access to the ballot. Uh, New York has uh, early voting for, uh, so like a week before uh, voting, or voting day, the, the voting day that everyone shares. Uh, the same is true for the primaries in, in those states. Uh, so you know that's actually maybe like a non-partisan. You can somehow frame that as a non-partisan issue if, if you're feeling the pressure to uh, only have non-partisan conversations. But it's it's a really important one. It's it's um, for all of the reasons you said, Georgia. It's it's it can be stressful to think about voting for those kind of mundane practical reasons or pragmatic reasons. Um, also with what Blue and Karen were saying, there is, an, an, I, it seems like a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know what to think about anything. And the response from a lot of people on campus seems to be, well, vote. <laughs> and the. That doesn't change. That doesn't change anything about what that person just said. They're still uninformed. <laughs> they were just kind of told to vote, vote about it. Well, I don't know, and I still don't know anything. So I wonder uh, what uh, this pressure that some people seem to be feeling to have nonpartisan conversations is doing. Uh, I wonder if it's limiting people's ability to talk about issues more forthrightly. Um, and talk about how politicians, these people that we're electing, impact certain rights and certain issues.
9: I couldn't agree with you more. What is wrong with having partisan conversations? We have opinions. I mean, to pretend that human beings don't have opinions is ridiculous. We have opinions, and the only way we could work out any sort of policy is to discuss these opinions and perhaps moderate and mediate and come up with an answer. If I walk into a room and go, I know nothing, Sometimes no, I, do I do it? as a teacher. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But, but that that's a fiction that has to end. We can have partisan conversations. You could be for something, I could be against it, and we could find a middle ground, or not. That's okay, too. But this is ridiculous, and to push back, we have to be nonpartisan, is going to destroy us. We have opinions, and we have to learn how to work out those opinions, and how we not outside LNS, which is a non-stop free-for-all in the classes, um, how do we do that across the university? There's only you know 70 of us or 80 of us. How do we do with the other 5,000?
1: I think that people, and I can't speak for the university, but I think they're scared to cause drama. And I'm not sure why, because when we have debates, there is drama for days, and it's, it, whether you reach a middle ground or not there is such a stigma that like specifically we saw in 2000 in the 2016 election the country divided in half and a lot of people and a lot of families and a lot of friends became strained because of that and i don't know why we can't at the end of the day get over the fact that we disagree on something and still be friends or still be acquaintances and i think that's quite possible for college students because if we hear all different points of conversation. We may say, oh, I never knew that. Or I knew that, but that's a totally different perspective from what I assumed it was. And we have to have partisan conversations. It's, it's, it has to be done.
7: Going back to like, the accessibility of voting, it was kind of touched on earlier how some people may be scared away from voting because they don't want to wait in line all day or they can't you know, carve out a time in their schedule to go and vote. In Pennsylvania, there is, you um, mm-hmm. can uh, register for a mail-in ballot. I have done it myself. It is, I don't remember, it. I think it was pretty easy to do. Yeah. I think the website is, um, it's pavoterservices.pa.gov. You can do it on there. I recommend it for anyone who feels like they may not want to go vote or may not be able to. It's definitely a great option.
1: Absolutely. And we have all of those resources for Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland, so the surrounding states, to Jefferson, on our link tree, on our Instagram. And you have to request a mail-in ballot. But on, when you request a mail-in ballot, you could also say, I'd like to receive one for every election. So they'll send you one to your address, and you can just use the mail-in ballot until you choose not to. And it's a great way for, again, for people who can't get to the polls on Election Day, or have health issues or have accessibility issues that they don't feel comfortable voting in person, it's a great way to get your, your ballot in early, so that you, that's one less thing for you to worry about, and it's a little more accessible. Okay.
7: Taking us back a little, I wanted to say that on the topic of having partisan conversations, that that is what Bridge is for. We're, not, we're nonpartisan in the fact that we don't align with any party, but the point is for all of us to come together to talk about our political beliefs. I don't, we don't want you to filter yourself when you get to us. We don't want you to sort of hide your beliefs. You. The point is for you to tell us what you believe. I'm not gonna hide what I believe from you in our conversations and I would expect that no one else involved would hide what they believe. The point is for you to freely say all of your political opinions, no matter what they be, may be, no matter how radical or how opposed most people may be the point is for you to just come and freely say it we have our partisan conversations we have bipartisan we, uh, we do sort of we do moderate in the hopes that people won't insult and yell and fight each other out but we're not our conversations are not nonpartisan. The the group is the only thing that's not
0: mission of the club is to hold nonpartisan, moderate nonpartisan conversations while listening to everyone's individual views.
4: Exactly. And to jump off of what Kassier said, we're all trained moderators. We've been to a summit in D.C. where we truly learned how to hold and have these conversations, not just at school and not just with political conversations, but with conversations about life, about college campus, what we believe is going on, how we feel about how administration is holding things, and with deeper conversations, like social conversations about race and gender, um, at least being a part of this club, I'm finding out about so much more about myself as a person and as a voter and as a citizen in America, I'm finding that I'm a little more moderate than I, I originally was. I used to be a very, very staunch liberal very um self-censored and very self-critical of my own thoughts and my own beliefs but what i'm finding is and what i hope to bring that that our club brings to other people is that we're all human we can all express our own opinions or that we don't have one (laughs) like or that we don't know what we feel and we wanted to bring that era like that um essence of TJU to voter registration. Making sure it's accessible, making sure it's accepting, and making sure that we can all kind of come together and say, you know what, maybe we don't know what's going on, and have a discussion about it.
8: Um, I really like that, and I think it's really important. Like As a student at this school, it's really nice to hear that I'm able to like fully like express how I feel and my views. Um, and I think by the university making us bite our tongues and have conversations that are nonpartisan and not allow us to have opinions. They're creating even more divide, and they're making us silence ourselves, which won't make us want to vote.
6: To add to the Blues experience, uh, I was staunchly Republican, and after having a really good conversation yeah. with a co-worker about abortion, I liberalized my views on it because I was wrong. I recognized that, and I changed my opinion. By having us be nonpartisan, you can't really ch- like challenge yourself. And if your partisan beliefs are what you believe to be true, you should be able to challenge yourself and win or at least come out of a debate feeling that your argument is stronger. By cutting that out of the picture, you just divide people further because they're going to say, well, I'm a staunch Republican because I don't think abortion's right. When in the reality, they could be like, well, I think abortion could be
1: right. Just in the long term, maybe we should regulate it in the future. But as is right now, it should be illegal.